Look at my butt. Show number 300 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. It's episode 300 of this goddamn show. <laughs> I can't no, I can't actually. <laughs> Astonishing. That's just a lot of. Of talking about Bill and Star Trek and the other things we get into occasionally. Oh, I was, it took me by surprise. Like I knew it was coming because of, you know, putting out the other episodes and looking at the numbers going up. Mm -hmm. And then today when I sat down to do it, I was like, oh my God, it's actually episode 300. And of course there's more than 300 shows because there's lots of unnumbered special shows in there. Right. And many of the shows have gone over an hour. So there's plenty of hours of us gabbing on and on and on. But I just wanted to mention it because that's a lot of shows since 2000. 2005 when we started doing this. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like in, the, in maybe the past two years when things have been so miserable, this podcast has what it has kept me glued together. Mm-hmm. You Same. know? Yes. Agreed. Yeah. It really is. It's something I always look forward to and it makes me do things, you know, watch stuff that I wouldn't mm-hmm. have otherwise or pay more attention or read articles that I might not have done otherwise. So it's absolutely been a lifesaver. You know, one time I was talking with a guy who also did a podcast and I mentioned that we'd been doing it for a long time. And he goes, when did you start doing it? And I went 2005 and he looked at me like, are you fucking kidding me? 2005? <laughs> that's when you, that's when podcasts were invented. And I was like, yes, I know. We were, we were there. Yeah, like the next day after it was invented, you called me up and said, it's true. I want to do a podcast with you. And I said, okay, what's a podcast? Exactly. You were playing the Bill Shatner role there. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, just thought we'd we'd celebrate a little bit about that. And so thank you all, of course, for I know there are some people who have been listening since basically the beginning, which is amazing. Yeah. So thank you yeah. all for and sticking with us. <laughs> we have had such amazing adventures. Yes. Met such interesting and fun people. Yes. Because of this podcast. Yes, absolutely. And it, it's a joy to, to talk about them and share them with all mm-hmm. of you. And we love all of the things that you tell us that, you know, we appreciate and you know we appreciate them. And uh, it is it is wonderful to be in this little pocket of Star Trek fandom. I love it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Star Trek fandom, why don't you tell us about a movie that's not a Star Trek movie? Okay. Um, laying around on my uh, sofa, you know, watching whatever... Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, all of them want me to watch. I watched because for one day you could see it for free Mm -hmm. and it had just been or is still in the theater where you had to pay for it. And I thought, okay, I'll watch this. It's called The Lost City Mm -hmm. and it's a romance adventure and it stars, God, now I'm (laughs) blanking on her name. Well, one of the Hemsworths. Oh, a lesser Hemsworth probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know. And uh, got Sandra Bullock. Oh, okay. Those those are our two leads. And it is, you could just picture, you know, the script being submitted to the producer. And the producer reads it and says, we can't do this. This is just a total ripoff of Romancing the Stone. <laughs> 
you got to change a few things. So they do. They change enough, take a few different turns so that, okay, it's not 100% romancing the stone, but they hit all the same beats, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, the other person who's in it that I really, I'm ashamed to admit it because it's not a good movie, but he's so good, is Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. And when he plays offbeat characters, mm-hmm. weirdos. Yes, he's very good at Every that. one of those performances is is a gem and this one is so good Mm. he is he is the only comedy in this romantic (laughs) comedy um he's playing an ex-navy seal who is now a personal trainer okay and he is the personal trainer to chris hemsworth or whichever hemsworth it is Mm -hmm. and uh so that's how he gets involved in this and sandra bullock is kidnapped so they're going off to to rescue her And Hemsworth is in love with her, and so he's going, but I get to go along, right? And I get to say, you're safe now. And (laughs) and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course, then Brad Pitt goes off on his own through the jungle to the uh, camp or whatever, where the bad guys are, and they're holding Sandra Bullock. And he goes into full Kirk mode. (laughs) He does, I've never seen this before, an augmented shoulder (laughs) roll. How does he do that exactly? What's the augmentation? Can you imagine something that is both superfluous and augmented? <laughs> the way he does it is, you know, he pitches into the shoulder roll, but he does the shoulder roll across the table. Oh, wow. That's better than across yeah. the hood of a car. That's really good. <laughs> well, I don't know, but <laughs> it surprised me. It made my eyes pop out. And then he does that great uh, doorway thing from the lock picking episode. Uh-huh. Um where he he hangs on the top by his fingertips and swings through and kicks two guys out of his way. Oh, yes. I mean, he's just doing a full-on Kirk for like three or four minutes going through this compound. That's awesome. I was just cracking up. But the thing is, shortly after that, he's killed. Aw. But, spoiler, uh-huh. he comes back. Uh-huh. He wasn't really, really uh-huh. dead. But anyway, I just love... To see a young, handsome guy turning on the curtain. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong, especially in an action movie. I mean, that, yeah. that's the place where you want to do it, where you mm-hmm. probably can't be over the top, right? Like Exactly. You just, you can't. You just go for it and it's going to fit in and you just, you keep going. That's great. That's really good. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, um, watch maybe the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, because I'm not sure exactly when he comes in, and um, and you'll see that. And it's just really fun to see somebody else doing Shatner moves, <laughs> Shatner foo, Kirk foo. Kirk I, I totally yeah. agree with you about Brad Pitt being great when he does offbeat. He was, I, I will always remember him in 12 Monkeys. He was so good I was just going to say that. Oh my that. God, yeah. Yep. And in um, Burn After Reading, mm-hmm. have you seen that? I have not, no. Oh, you got to watch that. Mm. That is a really, really good movie. And he's an idiot. He plays an idiot mm. in it who's, you know, trying to keep in shape. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those wacko characters, they work really well for him. Yeah, awesome. Well, good. Well, uh, that's terrific. And uh, yes, if I'd seen that with no advance notice, I would have burst out laughing as well, I think. <laughs> I did. <laughs> What's he doing? 
Ah, oh, that's so. So funny. it was like a surprise Shatner. Yeah. Well, that's the best kind. Um, yeah, that's true. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, let's talk about our new show, which is Strange New Worlds, which has yes. now had three episodes, and episode four is, I guess, this Thursday. Um, and you know, so far so good. I had a few things to complain about in the last episode. Uh, which we'll get to in a minute. So episode two was uh, the Ohura episode, as I've come to think of it now, because mm-hmm. it was all about her, and that's fine. Yep. And episode three was the number one episode, because it was pretty right. much all about her. So I'm wondering, like, is this the way it's going to be in every episode, that it's going to focus a little bit more on one of the secondary characters? Like, it's fine, but... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they... Uh, I don't want them to do... Okay, now it's your turn. Now it's yeah. your turn. Now it's your turn. I mean, we need some in there that aren't just so character specific. Yes. Where um, our glorious leads can shine. Mm-hmm. Even though number one's one of the leads. You know what I mean. Yeah, one of the, 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 yeah. the duo, the dynamic duo. Yes. I thought that even though um, Pike and Spock were sort of second stringing this last episode, where we got mm-hmm. to find out the the background around uh, number one and all that, they were great. Mm-hmm. They have such good oh, chemistry were. together, just as actors. Mm-hmm. They're very good. They play off each other really well. Um, they seem totally comfortable with each other in the way that Kirk and Spock felt really comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I was just really happy with how good those guys are working out. You know, as characters, but also as actors, you can really feel it. Yes. Yes. Now, I have one complaint in the Uhura episode, mm-hmm. which is after the captain's table. Which, <laughs> His restaurant, you, you mean? You know, he's mixing things up, and I'm going, what are you, the dad? You know? He is. And that's okay. That's okay. Here's the thing. After the party, he and number one are talking and washing dishes. Yeah, right. I know. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. Is there any movie or TV show that has like an after party or after event scene that does not involve washing dishes? And almost nobody does that anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, as if they would have like all this water available for him to wash dishes with instead of sticking them in like the sonic dishwasher which i yes. i think it would be and also i want to know what did they do with all that food that didn't get eaten at the party you know i hope that like they gave it away to the rest of the crew and didn't just dump it well, of back course. in the replicator they're or something. not wasteful <laughs> his quarters just get bigger and bigger the the thing that's um starting to strike me you know because television is my best friend right now um that whole thing of having uh explain their backstory with a tragedy in their childhood Mm. usually is parents dying Mm -hmm. all the shows are doing it now Oh, i'm so tired of it not just star trek other shows (sighs) i was very disappointed that they had to give ahura a tragic backstory there was no reason Mm -hmm. for that you know no. Why did they have to do that? Like, they could have just had her be this very ambitious person who wanted mm-hmm. to understand things and felt like Starfleet was the best place to do it. And, you know, they could have worked in this ambivalent yeah. stuff about not really knowing if it was right or not, but they didn't have to do it. So I hope that yeah. they stopped with that. Although that was part of my complaint about the, the very last episode where... Mm-hmm. 
we were mostly focused on number one, figuring things out. And then we find out her weird backstory, which was a complete surprise. And then we mm -hmm. also find out Mbenga's backstory, which was like, come on, do we have to do this? Like, yeah, does yeah. everybody have to have tragedy and, and a secret thing and something that we're going to find out about? Like, can, can no one be normal? Can we have somebody who's yeah. normal, please? Well, her would have been the perfect candidate, yeah. you know, she... You know, she's, she is ambitious, but, you know, she could have wanted to explore that. And, you know, she has this goal mm -hmm. and, you know, that's, yeah. It... what are you going to do? I thought, though, it was, as far as what the problems were that had to be solved, it was a solid episode. Yeah, it was. It totally was. And they was. solved the problems using, you know, their skills, mm -hmm. not just their computers and tricorders and things. Yep. Um, the second episode where they have to stop the comet from crashing into a planet was, right. was also very good, sort of classic Star Trek. Uh -huh. And I was happy because there was a lot of linguistics in it, which was nice. Um, right. It, it very much recalled the end of Discovery, though, where they were doing the same sort of thing and figuring out how to communicate with another intelligence, which was a callback to Arrival. So this is a yes, trend yes. now, apparently. Everybody's going to do this. I guess. But I, I found that very interesting. I mean, I loved it in Arrival, mm -hmm. and I love it here. Yep, it was it was very good. And the fact that um, the entity of the comet changed itself without mm -hmm. them having to do anything was also a nice surprise. Like, in the end, they just had to communicate a little bit, and then everything was okay. And Well, yeah, and, you good. know, you kind of like the episodes where... Um, towards the end, they kind of get knocked over with, your assumptions are wrong. Yes, yes, that's always good. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Get out of my way. <laughs> exactly. And and I, the same in the, the last episode three, where they find out that the, the Illyrians who were on that planet got somehow magically mm -hmm. transformed into, I don't know, plasma beings or something. Um, yeah. Which I, I kind of saw coming. Like, as soon as they saw the, the people floating around i was like mm -hmm. oh that's the colonists right there it's like yeah. yes those are the colonists but um i don't understand the point of making number one an illyrian like i you know i get it why they did it in the the plot you know to show that mm -hmm. we shouldn't be prejudiced against other people and mm -hmm. and one person isn't representative of a whole species and all that but it adds such a layer of complexity to her and also threatens some of the other canon stuff that we've known about like as an example and people have mentioned this um they they talk about in that episode how people who are genetically engineered aren't allowed in starfleet or in the federation in fact right, right. Yeah. now in the episode just prior in, in the first episode in fact didn't chapel genetically engineer them temporarily so they could go down on the planet i guess maybe if it only lasts 15 minutes it's okay and it's not maybe, permanent. Maybe, maybe. Well, and on the ship, don't they have like um, Khan's great-granddaughter? Yes. So there's her. And this was my question because I know nothing about biology. If you're gen genetically engineered, you've modified yourself, and you reproduce, does the child get your original template or I don't know the new one. I mean I guess it depends on what what you're talking about like if it's in mm -hmm. your chromosomes then yeah they you would pass it along I, I that yeah that's kind of what I thought yeah so later on in Star Trek in Deep Space Nine 
um, it is revealed somewhere along the way that that Julian Bashir is genetically engineered. And this is a huge, oh. it's a huge fucking deal in the show. Like he didn't uh -huh. know it. Um, it was a huge secret that his parents had hid, hidden from him. And he almost gets kicked out of Starfleet and everything because he's genetically engineered. And, wow. and so they're, they're talking about it and they're like, this has never happened before. We haven't heard of someone in, you know, hundreds of years. It's like, oh, so does that mean that nobody ever finds out that number one is, is genetically engineered? Do they hide it? Is it a secret? Like, what's going on well right now it is <laughs> um and to be honest i have pretty much uh given up my expectation of all of canon ever <laughs> fitting together like puzzle pieces yes it pisses me off in the shows that are okay but i'm at this point so happy to see a regular traditional starfleet mm. with a sexy intelligent captain mm -hmm. in charge that I'll forgive almost anything, even his hairdo. <laughs> oh, he's he's wonderful. I continue to just love him so much in that role. He's just, oh, he's great. I, um, in preparing for the podcast, you know, I was kind of going over material and everything, and and reading some articles. And one was just the whole article was about how wonderful he was, and and I thought, if you and I were say 15 or 16 years old we would say he's dreamy <laughs> he's you know it's funny he's dreamy but in a different way than kirk is dreamy right oh yeah like yeah it, it's funny that they're both really dreamy but they have totally different vibes um mm -hmm. but they both make great captains right like Yep. Like their vibe is is right for them being the captain of the ship, and they totally exemplify the kind of Starfleet captain we want. Someone that mm -hmm. that the crew is just gonna go, yep, I'm gonna follow this guy, whatever he says to do. I totally trust him. Um, now yeah. I am shocked to hear there are a lot of fans who hate Lower Decks, because my opinion is Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds are saving the franchise. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Picard's okay, Discovery, you know, is overwrought and <laughs> has the wrong person being captain and all kinds of other things and has strayed so far from anything familiar that it's always kind of shocking when you go, oh, the Federation is still kind of around. <laughs> oh, this is true. I, I think both of those shows, because... Well, Lower Decks, because it's just so different, right? It's totally different yes. from anything else. But but Strange New Worlds, because it's it's come full circle back to what Star Trek was, just mm -hmm. represent new directions where they can go with this and show Trek as the best that it can be in each of those ways. Yes, you've got a, a great template. Why, you know, toss it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, while we're talking about our second favorite captain, here's a great article yes. that just showed up in the Mary Sue called Let's, yes, Let's Hit It. Yes, please share that with the listeners. Every version of Captain Christopher Pike mercilessly ranked. <laughs> and I think everybody knows how this is going to go. Plus, you know, it leads of off with a picture of Anson Mount there. So it's like, oh, okay, I know. Um, okay, we know what that is. So there are only four. It's not like we have 20 to choose from. So this is true. He hasn't met any doubles yet. Not yet. Not that's yet. that's coming up. It's got to be. Uh, number four is Sean Kenny, and I think we absolutely agree with that. Uh, I was mm -hmm. disappointed he wasn't called Crazy Pike in this article. <laughs> 
that is, you know, just our our little secret. <laughs> Crazy Pike. Well, he is so funny. I just saw somewhere that um, he and, and Anson Mount either were or are going to appear together at uh, some convention. And it was like, really? Did is he, he going to come out in the wheelbarrow? I don't, know. Going, bing, bing, bing. I don't know. I thought he was dead. Who? Sean Kenny? No, he's still hanging around. Oh, is he? Being okay. crazy. Being the crazy man that he is, as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> Please refer to the podcast in which we talked about seeing him in person and um, yes. how, <laughs> how he talked about all of the um, insane things that he believes, including that UFOs are real and so is time travel. And he'll give you that proof if you really want it. it the proof is in a movie. <laughs> yes, and I watched true. it. <laughs> it's a documentary. Excuse me. It's not yes. a movie. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, number three, Pike is Bruce Greenwood in Star Trek uh, 2009 and Into Darkness. And I agree. I thought he was very good in that role. It was. I thought he was, too. It's too bad that all of the writing as to what the characters do, how they act, how old they are, what happens to them is totally fucked up. Yeah. But he was very good. Yes. Um, as this article says. He's a good actor. I like him. He is a good actor. Uh, Greenwood's performance as the original Star Trek daddy is great. However, he's hampered by Abrams' frustratingly nonsensical scripts. Yes. I agree with that. Yes. 100%. Yeah. It was It was nice to see Pike as a, a very competent older dude who really knows what's going on and not riddled with all mm -hmm. that self-doubt that he had in the show. Um yeah. Now, number two, of course, is Jeffrey Hunter, and um, he was good for what he was supposed to be in that episode, but, you know, mm -hmm. not going to be the captain that we needed him to be, absolutely. Yep, I agree. Coming in at number one is the man, Anson Mount, in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And That's right. as the article says, let's be real. We all knew Mount would claim the top Pike billing. Ever since he was first introduced in Season 2 of Discovery, fans have been clamoring for more of Captain Pike and his Enterprise crew. Mount's Pike is confident and commanding, but there is a familial gentleness to him that really works. He is like a cross between Captain Kirk and Captain Janeway, a combo that you might never expect, but is actually great. In a sense, he is both the dad and the daddy of Strange New Worlds. <laughs> Complete with barbecue. <laughs> yes, complete with barbecue. He's the guy, he's tossing burgers on the grill. He knows what's going on. He's making the margaritas. He, he's really doing it. Um, and I love that it ends with this quote. Plus, his silver bouffant is next level. It gets taller with each episode, and I am living for <laughs> it. it. I hope by the end of the season, it touches the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. So I, I agree with all that. Okay, I want to read you the, um, an article uh, from The Decider. Oh, okay, yes. Along the same lines, it's Anson Mount's Christopher Pike is the Star Trek captain we deserve. Yes, we, he is. Okay, I have not loved Chris, Christopher Pike until now. <laughs> Anson Mount's portrayal of the first captain of the USS Enterprise, as we know actually the second, in Star Trek Strange New Worlds is simply on another level. Yee. Mount oozes raw charm <laughs> as Captain Pike. He is kind, curious, clever, but above all, empathetic to the people around yes. him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Christopher Pike is the platonic ideal of a Starfleet captain and very much the sci-fi hero we need in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, there was this other part I wanted to, 
to read. Okay, when we first meet Pike again in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, he is emotionally grappling with knowing about his own death. He's grown a sadness beard. <laughs> uh huh. And likes riding his horse over the snowy Montana plains. Most of all, he's making breakfast from scratch mm-hmm. for his apparent friend with benefits, Captain Battelle. Mm-hmm. It was honestly so wholesome to watch Captain mm-hmm. Pike make his lady friend pancakes. Oh. Wholesome and sexy. <laughs> the sadness beard <laughs> agreed you know I, it's funny that um at the same time we're looking at pike with his sadness beard it very much brings me back to um the uh beatles documentary get back because paul mccartney had a sadness beard going on at that point at, oh yeah you know, yeah that's what it is it's like you know what fuck everything i'm just not gonna shave anymore <laughs> Yep. (laughs) Okay, this Christopher Pike feels like a massive gift to Star Trek fans. Mm -hmm. He's full of the charisma and verve that made us fall hard for Captain Kirk, but has the sensitivity and philosophical bent of a Picard. He is the kind of man we'd all follow across the stars, into black holes, and to the surfaces of wayward comets. That's because Pike is the kind of leader who believes in his crew, thereby he believes in all of us. Yes. That's really yes, good. Yes, yes. I feel, you know, I'm just thinking about this as you were reading that. And one of the things I love about his Pike is that he is a guy with nothing to prove to anybody. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a sadness beard. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I shaved it off and now I'm fine. But, I, I, you know, um, Janeway and even Picard a little bit and definitely, um, you know, Avery Brooks in Deep Space Nine, they all mm-hmm. arrived in their captaincy with something to prove um, in, in various ways. True. And yeah. that was, you know, part of their character. It was the thing that they had to do. But Pike doesn't. I mean, he's just, he's like, he shows up and he's like, well, I'm the goddamn captain. Let's go. And that's great. Like, he doesn't have any mm-hmm. kind of doubts about his captaincy. He has no doubts about his crew. He knows that they can handle everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just lovely to feel that sort of, you know, confidence. And and Burnham is the opposite, right? Like, she's the captain who has everything to prove because nobody fucking trusts her. And they shouldn't because she shouldn't be the captain. But it always turns out she's the only one yeah. who can do it. Yeah. There's no room for anybody else to succeed. Yeah. Anyway, so hooray for Captain Pike. I love him, and I am so excited to keep watching this show. It's so good. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And, you know, I can't help it. I'm so glad it's on once a week, not dropped all 10 episodes yes. at once mm-hmm. because that again makes it feel more like old-fashioned yeah, Trek where yeah. we're going well what are they gonna do next week where are they going who are they going to meet mm-hmm. <laughs> good okay so we are we are very very pleased with what strange new worlds has shown us yeah So let's take a little break, and then we've got, um, incredibly, more Star Trek stuff to talk about. You wouldn't think that it would be possible, but it is. No, we always have more. (laughs) We've gone over 300 now. (laughs) Let's turn it up to 11. We will. All right. We'll be right back. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. 
Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. Well, Star Trek, as we all know, it's a good show. And you know what? They made movies out of Star Trek, too. I don't know if people are aware of that, but there were several movies that were made. And the, a, lot. a lot of movies. Um, the first movie, Star Trek, colon, the motion picture, was remastered several years ago. And then it was just released again in 4K, which is like the highest of definitions. And there were some new things added and stuff anyway i watched it because i haven't seen the motion picture all the way through in years and years and years well everyone avoids it you know it's like enterprise not as bad as you <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> true um so i i just set it as a task i was like okay i'm gonna block out two hours and i'm gonna watch this movie from beginning to end so i did and i think it's it's okay to watch it if you know what you're getting into right like <laughs> You can't expect it to be like any other Star Trek movie, and you can't expect it to be like the TV series. So you got to put all that aside, and then you're watching it like, okay, this is an epic scale, 2001 light sort of movie. And if you take it on those terms, it's fine. It's fine as a movie. Um, I hadn't seen the remastered version of the director's cut, which Robert Wise put Mm -hmm. together. There were definitely scenes in there where I was like, huh. I don't remember that at all. And those must have been new. And those were nice. They added a little bit of extra um, character development, a little extra color. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, The special effects were reasonable. You know, they weren't, what they weren't like the remastered TOS effects where you look at it and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. they, They were more just upgraded versions of the original effects. And, the movie itself, I mean, it's fine. The performances are all good. Uh, the characters are good. The writing's pretty good. The pacing is horrendous. You know, you're just like, <laughs> get on with it. And that's not even the, you know, the endless flybys of the ship, which, okay, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. But that was the most frustrating thing is that the the way that the characters interact with each other is paced just so strangely like long pauses on the bridge Mm -hmm. when people are talking to each other which is not the way it ever was between those characters you know even given that it was written for a television audience the amount of time that lapses between person a asking a question and person b replying is like way too long why are we pausing why is there so much dead silence happening things should really be moving along for what's going on so it's weird that part of it is weird um they the whole plot i mean watching it again you're like oh it's nomad crossed with m5 that's great and also it's exactly like the whales episode so there's (laughs) there's a there's a lot of retreading that's happening mm-hmm. but watching it again now really took me back to seeing it in the movies for the first time so I wanted to ask you because for me 
when I saw it in the movies, it was the most exciting thing in the world because it was Star Trek and it was back in the movies again. And the Voyager reveal at the end, I, I didn't see that coming at all. Like when, when he's like scraping <laughs> okay. the stuff off, I was like, oh my God, it's Voyager. Did not see it coming at all. So do you remember whether you were excited when you saw it and did you see that twist coming? Was it just me? Um, I got to tell you, I did not see it in its theatrical run mm, mm-hmm. because I'd heard how awful it was. Uh-huh. And I went, no, I have my memories. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not, not going to see this. And uh, then I, um, when uh, Wrath of Khan came out, the critics and everybody were like over the moon mm-hmm. and they'd fixed it and everything. And so well into that run, I went and saw that when I could, you know, just walk up, get a ticket, go in and sit down. Mm -hmm. But still, the theater was 100% full, and I had to sit in a broken seat. (laughs) And so I sat there and like, oh, I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes into the movie, I'm going, this is the Star Trek movie I wanted. Mm -hmm. But so it was later, like when it was on TV or something, that I saw TMP. Okay. And, I, you know, and by then, nobody was very careful about the spoilers right. back then. I already knew the whole mm-hmm. thing, you know, so. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, boy, I, I really, I'll have to do some research to see whether people saw that coming or not, because, mm-hmm. you know, I was young at the time, but not that young. And it was such a reveal. It was, I don't know, it was really good. Um, The one thing that I, I really paid attention to this time around was how good Persis Kambata was. I mean, they gave her some shit stuff to do in this movie, and she was so good. She was really, she was far better than that role called for. And I mm-hmm. don't think she's ever really gotten the recognition that she deserves for having to play that weird role and the, the mm-hmm. horrible little outfit that Gene Roddenberry, no doubt, made her wear, you know, high of heels. Course. And it's like, oh, it's so gross. But she's really good. And I think. Um, another actor in that role would not have done as good a job. And the scenes where she's being the void, the V'ger probe, and then she's mm-hmm. like um, accessing her memories of um, Aaliyah, she's so good. Like you can really see her doing this switch and, and her whole face changes and her eyes change. And it's like, wow, acting, this is great. This is really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the way it should be. So yeah, I want, I just want to call that out. If anybody ends up watching that movie again, pay attention to her. She's really, really good. And I'm sad that they killed her character off. And of course, at the end of this movie, just like in so many Star Trek things, there's a new entity created. Isn't it wonderful? And they never talk about it ever again in ever, any episode. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> yep. It happened and let us never speak of it again. Mm-hmm. So funny. So Star Trek, TMP, it's, I mean, like I said, if you're prepared for what it is, it's not awful. It's just slow. <laughs> it's not. It's a, It could be so no, much but worse. A very, very slow movie is usually quite a turnoff. It takes yeah. uh, very special gifts on the part of everyone yeah, to pull you, that you off. You just have to, like yeah. I said, you got to block out the time and know that it's going to be long and sort of, you know, focus on other mm-hmm. things about it. So. So it was good to watch it. I don't think I'm going to watch it again. Uh, I don't really need to see any of the stuff. Um, Bill was great. 
it was so interesting to see him slip back into Kirk so easily. I felt like he just did it. Like he showed up and there he was and he was Kirk right from the get-go in the movie, you know, the very first scenes that you see of him Mm -hmm. and he doesn't lose it. And, um, you know, McCoy is hilarious and um, all the other secondary people are good. Of course, Chekhov gets to scream. He's the one person that gets injured on the bridge. And, and I was just laughing so hard because he's the one who's like screaming in agony. Ah. Well, and Spock is a, a cold bitch diva. He is, but not not the whole movie. He sort of gets it together no, at he, the halfway through. But yeah, yeah he very yeah. much is. And Chapel is useless, which is, you know, ugh, really? Par for the course. Oh, and I forgot that Marcy was in it. That she comes onto yeah, the she... bridge, yeah. Mm-hmm. She gets to sit in the uh, the navigator seat. She's not very good, unfortunately. Mm, no, no, she can't really deliver her lines the way they they should be delivered. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so I just wanted to report on that for people who um, might have an opinion. I would love to know if people have an opinion now about it, whether you think it's gotten better or or worse with age, or whether you thought um, it was great when it came out. That'd be interesting to know. Um, yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think, yeah. and especially if you've watched it again recently. The new, the new cleaned up, polished yeah. cut. It is. It is very pretty. That's for sure. Um, so much more interesting to me was the series that's been on the History Vault called The Center Seat, which we've talked about before, and mm-hmm. they had done. Um, Some of the episodes were available for free on the History Channel, and then you had to pay for the History Vault to watch the rest of them. But um, for me, my cable provider, Comcast slash Xfinity, was offering a free month of History Vault. And I was like, cool, because I don't want to pay for it. So um, if anybody out there has History Vault for free... You should watch this one episode. I, I can't really recommend the rest of them because some of them are just not very good. I watched one that was about Enterprise, not as bad as you remember. And oh, <laughs> now I know more about Enterprise than I ever wanted to know. And it still didn't okay. make it better. But anyway, um, this particular episode is called The Stars. And it's all about the actors. And it's, Ooh. it's yeah, it's like actors talking about acting and oh, I'm gonna look that up. That can be my viewing. It's so tonight. good, and it's long. It's like an hour and a half, and they go through Whoa. talking with the actors from TOS all the way through to Discovery, and they talk about how they auditioned and who they talked to. They talk about the costumes and the makeup and what it was like on set and all the rules that they had to follow. Some of them talked about, you know, how you couldn't steal parts of your costume, although some people actually did. Um, of course, they talked about they talked to some of the people who have had multiple roles in different series when they played aliens or not aliens Mm -hmm. they talked with um some people that you know you look at them and you go oh i remember that guy and then people who were more famous name actors who had different roles um Mm -hmm. like james cromwell and it's so interesting i just love when actors talk about acting like that and to hear them talk about it within the context of star trek was it was fascinating. I just was like, oh, mm-hmm. I wish I'd known about this. I wish I would have watched this one first. This is the best yeah. one. <laughs> well, um, I had an email from Wildcat, and she has been watching them. So I'm definitely going to tell her, hang in there mm-hmm. and watch that last one, because I'm going to watch it. Yeah. That sounds good. It's, it's so good. So, yeah, I mean, skip the other ones. But, yeah, this was the best. And, I mean, they talked to casting directors. They talked to agents. Wow. Um, 
they they just talk to and directors and and all kinds of people who you don't normally get interviewed when they're mm-hmm. they're talking about Star Trek and it was just so cool to hear all the stories that people had and um most people well, the people that they talked to anyway really seemed to have enjoyed their time that mm-hmm. you know with very few exceptions it was fun most of them who had to have a extensive prosthetic makeup hated it because you would because yeah. you had to be on you set would. at like four o'clock in the morning to get your makeup done um mm-hmm. but generally they seem to have a good time it was really interesting to me that um the people who did have to have a lot of prosthetics all of them talked about the fact that the look of their character really helped them shape their acting choices now that does not surprise me mm. because so many actors, not just Star Trek, have said, "I really knew I I I wasn't hitting it. I mm-hmm. could not, you know, get a good grasp on it until I had the costume on." Yeah. So it's it, it's like that, especially the people who mm-hmm. played um, different Cardassians said, you know, mm-hmm. the script didn't give you very much, right? Like, you're, you're like, okay, who is this guy? And why why are they so mean and all the rest of it? And then once <laughs> once they were in costume and in makeup, they looked in the mirror and they were like, oh, I know it. I know who this guy is. And uh, it was super interesting to, to hear them talk about that. So, um, so good. Did you ever hear what David D- Diggs said about Hamilton? Oh, yeah, the purple coat. The costume. Yes. Yeah, and he goes, hey, I'm Prince. You know, and <laughs> up until then, he just felt he was a flapperoo yeah. as Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I just find that so interesting. I it really is. Stuff. And it really speaks to the care and the thought that the costume designers and the makeup designers put into those characters, mm-hmm. right? Like, they were crafting stuff that just gave it to the actors so they were able to tap into whatever they were supposed to be doing as soon as they were in costume and in makeup and all the rest of it it was so cool so yes big i'm gonna watch that yeah really good very good yes okay so um now let's talk about um your friend and mine william shatner william shatner william fucking shatner you have a thing and i have a thing What's he up to, that man, that William Shatner man? That man, that man of mine. <laughs> He's doing a thousand things. I still haven't seen anything about the, the 3D scanned um, no. statues. Nobody's it talking was... about it. Did they not make them? Did people pay money and the company like took their money and went away? I don't know. And said, nope. <laughs> this is one article from the St. Catherine Standard in Canada. Canada. And... um. This says Shatner is Comic-Con's rocket man. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) And there is a wonderful picture of him. And um, so I did not know this. He, you know, he made his trip to outer space and he was invited to go on a second trip. Really? Oh. And says he hemmed and hawed and eventually turned it down. Then I was thinking about it, he says, on the line from his Southern California home, about the thrill a lot of my life has been about the thrill of whatever it is I'm going to do. A lifetime surrounded by special effects couldn't prepare him for what he saw. Mm-hmm. The flight triggered a new urgency in Shatner regarding climate change. A huge part of his grief, he realized, is that the planet he saw outside the window won't be the same mm-hmm. one his grandchildren live in. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the man who played Captain James T. Kirk across 30 <laughs> years in the original TV series and seven movies has seen his home with a whole new perspective. Mm. Um, and then it's giving us some dates, June 3rd and 4th at Niagara Falls Comic Con. He already did the Motor City one. Now, I find this really interesting. In doing these Comic Cons and standing in front of an audience, I'm tuned into the questions. My brain has been sharpened by all these experiences in front of an audience. Oh, how nice. Well, you know, they always say, keep learning, keep busy. Yeah. And God, you know, here he is, Mr. Learning and Busy. Um, he's also faced with more job offers than he can ever recall or even realistically do. They're really coming at me, he says. I have to choose. <laughs> I'm doing commercials. I'm on an advisory board. I'm filled with things and ideas, perhaps more than ever in my life. I'm at the age that I'm thinking, God, I better do them now because I never know when I'm going to fall over. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a short article, but, you know, I was talking about the Niagara Falls Comic Con coming up. And um, I think in the last show it was, I mentioned that he's already booked for a con in December. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so busy all the time. So, so all busy. All the time. Well, um, I think that the book that he's writing about his trip to space is going to be around that theme. The theme of, uh, you know, possibly. The, the planet is burning up and we, we're all fucked. Uh, because that seemed to be the thing that he talked about the most in those interviews afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's really the point of the book is like, you know, we're, we fucked up and we need to change things. Yep. Good for you, Bill. Um, yeah. Now, Bill also has his uh, Hollywood charity horse show auction happening right now. Yes, indeed. And because everything is still virtual, um, you can go online to bid on some of these lovely things that he has. And I got to say, I don't know where he's getting this stuff from anymore. It's <laughs> There's just, okay. So I will put the link in and people can go and look at the stuff that's there. There is stuff that you would think. Like there's um, a prop bottle of the... Um, James T. Kirk bourbon whiskey that they were selling. Apparently they, they used one on the set of Picard at some point. So they're, mm, they're doing that. Okay. that. That bidding for that is um, $1,000 if you really want it. There's some uh, scale drawings of the vi Bridge of Voyager. There's some art. There's a football. There's, um, they had this last year, a turtle wax item bucket autographed by Mr. Shatner. So, I'm mm, like, okay. I'm looking at his dinner jacket. Now, the dinner jacket is the funniest From thing. From his I Ben had. Folds, Kennedy. Yes. Yeah. So that's when he was at the Kennedy Center. First of all, doesn't it look like a Romulan outfit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's big. In fact, I'm zooming it in. Oh, no, it doesn't. I thought it had epaulets. It looks like it has epaulets. I know. I was looking at it. Plus, <laughs> you know, it's square because that's the shape that Bill is sort of now is very, very square. So yep. it's as wide as it is long. and It's very funny to look at. Um, so Oh, it says it's um, an Igara slim fit pink lapel dinner jacket. Uh-huh. Slim fit, huh? A backup jacket to the one Mr. Shatner wore for his performance, oh. autographed on the inside pocket by William Shatner. Well, there you go. His dinner jacket. Okay. What else is he giving away? Posters that he signed. Weird black and white art that he signed. Some of it. 
um, there's a bank that he signed. It's a Captain Kirk bank that doesn't look anything like him. It's one of those Kirk, not Kirks. I'm not sure who it actually looks like, but it's certainly not him. Um, and it's only the torso part, which is also very weird. It looks like he got cut oh. in half in a horrible transporter accident. Um, well, did you see this um, piece of art, I guess, <laughs> called The Rescue? Oh, gosh. Let me see. Yeah. It's, it's a real Kirk, not Kirk, who apparently looks like he's got smoke coming out of his ears. He does not look at all like Bill. No. And then there's Janice Rand, like it's, they twisted her head partway off. <laughs> this poster or whatever it is, this piece of art absolutely looks like one of the things that we would find in our Etsy trolling when we were looking for, <laughs> for stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It does look like all of those things. It's very weird. Um, if you keep scrolling, there's a Mego figure, there's a Gorn Mego figure, there's a Star Trek lunchbox that's actually pretty cool. Um, there's some really nice pictures of Bill um, from mm -hmm. that the photo session where he had used his Twitter icon for a while, and I, I quite like the black and white one. It's it's really good. So yes, those are nice. that's beautiful. Um, there's a copy of his book Zero G. Don't buy it. It sucks. Um, <laughs> I read it, so you don't have to. There's some other books that, that are here. There is a copy of Senior Moment that he signed. Um, mm -hmm. And then we get into some of this weird stuff, like a book called Life with the Afterlife, 13 Truths I Learned About Ghosts. Wait, where is this? Oh, one? this is near the bottom. You got to go way down oh, okay. to the bottom to see some of this stuff. Um, you can. Oh, here, I see it. Okay. Yeah. And that's by Amy Bruni. I don't know who that is, and I don't know why it's I don't here. either. It means nothing to me. Um, then you can get... Oh, look, there's a family of Brumbles. Yeah, I see that. Um, what's the history of this one? Let's see. A mounted photo of a family of... Oh, Brumbies it is. It says Brumbies. Yes. They are a symbol of strength and endurance. It was donated by Jenny Sorensen and autographed by William Shatner. So... Well, you know the story about the Brumbies in Australia and everything, right? Oh, no, I don't. Please tell me. Oh, my goodness. I had read a little bit about them, and so I had to go watch the movie The Man from Snowy River. Oh, okay. Because that is a famous, almost like epic poem in Australia uh -huh. based on true events. And um, the thing is, the Brumbies in whatever part of Australia they were, and, and they're called Brumbies because they believe the original ones belong to this guy named Brumby. Oh, okay. And they, they broke out and ran away and became wild horses. Oh, I see. And um, they were, and I believe probably still are, becoming uh, quite a threat mm. because, um, you know, the way they, they tear up the ground sure. and, and all this other stuff. And, boy, I'm forgetting the plot. It's it's a pretty good movie. Mm -hmm. But um, go on, like, Wikipedia and just read about the Brumbies. It's fascinating. Okay. Well, because they are a, a huge symbol of Australia. Yeah. And that's why it's so controversial. Should they, you know, cull the herd or, sure. or whatever? Or just, hey, Brumbies, they're Australian, you know, mm -hmm. so... Well, it, yeah. it's, it's a nice picture, and of course, it's horse-related, so that makes sense that you could get yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, now, yeah, go go read a little bit about it because I will. it's really interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. I just saw. I was like, oh, picture of horses. Okay, that makes sense. Bill's Mister Horse. So <laughs> now, Mister Horse. <laughs> in between that picture and Life with the Afterlife is a book called TV Twenty One. 
yours truly, Tai Chi with Kadi Madama, the TV guide to Spirit Horse Holistic Tai Chi and Educational Program. That's a lot of words, and I don't know what any of it means. Really? Um, you know, for all Bill's criticism of certain things, he sometimes goes over the woo-woo edge. <laughs> he sure and does. I'm just wondering if these people said, hey, I'm famous. You want to auction off my book? And he went, yeah, sure, put it over there in the bin. Or, you know, if he's actually sort of semi-endorsing them. I don't know. I mean, the TV guide, well, I don't TV, like television, or does TV stand for something else? Um, no. Spirit, horse, holistic, Tai Chi. Okay. So Tai Chi is, you know, a movement thing that I've done. Do you do it on the horse? Does the horse do it next to you? Do you stand next to the horse while you're doing it? And how does TV fit into all this? I don't understand. I don't understand either, but I've moved down. And now I could have done a psychic pet phone reading. I was coming to that. So right before that, you get coach bags. (laughs) So if you need a new coach bag, that's fine. I have one. I don't need another one. Um, You can also get... um, Ms. Pac-Man set of coach pins for some reason. Mm-hmm. But yes, the last two are the best. And those are psychic pet phone readings by someone named Carrie Young. And it's only $15 to get a psychic pet phone. Oh, oh, wow. Here we go. Description. Carrie Young is a regular radio guest, writer, and medium. She particularly enjoys radio where people can get a free reading. She sees it as a privilege to be able to connect people to their loved ones and connect to their higher selves and one to be of what? And one to be of service to help others spiritually. I, there's no copy editor on this. Okay. Obviously. When you give a healing, you get a healing. And when you give to others, it comes back manifold. Carrie has donated a psychic phone reading for a lost pet. Oh, it's not just for a regular pet. It's for a lost pet. Oh, I thought it was like, you know, you call up and the dog barks I, and it mm. tells you what he said. I am not bidding on this. I swear to God, I am not bidding on this. I will not sully Jack's memory with this bullshit. The successful bidder will book a phone reading session. Sessions usually last 45 minutes to an hour. Her readings were part of Grammy gift bags this year for performers, presenters, and their charities. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, Bill, good, I guess. Uh, if you can get now, people to it bid it. It says on. restrictions. No, you are only bidding on the item. Shipping is not included. <laughs> What's being shipped? It's the, a phone call. They have that on every single one of the things that are listed here. Oh, okay. It's just copy-pasted. Right. And again, no copy editor, so nobody decided, well, oh, actually, oh. we don't need that on this one. Because we have many fold things here. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That's what it's like what a random assortment of stuff right to have mm-hmm. for this it's so weird because when we were there at the Shatner weekend um it was much more like top tier stuff you know it was things yeah, that bill had yeah. donated from his own personal collection and it was stuff that was donated by his famous friends and a lot of others and now we're getting down to psychic pet phone readings by someone that i've never heard of okay <laughs> Yeah, well, she can she can keep that. I don't need to uh, yeah to do that. Uh, so that's happening. And then um, Ruby Pearl left us a comment at the blog uh, to let us know that the California Music Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which we talked about before, has been rescheduled to September due to unforeseen circumstances. 
Hmm. So Bill's still not in the California Hall of Fame, Music Hall of Fame thing just yet. Because, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure oh my God. he's very disappointed. Um, I am still wondering, and I hope we will find out, and I hope the answer will be what we want, if uh, the Kennedy Center thing was recorded, <gasps> yes. taped, videotaped. And, you know, it's going to be shown mm-hmm. as, you know, on PBS or whoever it's going to be shown as. I would love to see that. I didn't hear anything about it at all. Like, I assume it was good, but I didn't read any reviews. Did you? No, I didn't see any reviews. Mm. Okay. But, yeah. I'm sure it was great. I'm sure Bill did a fantastic job. Of course, because he's always giving more than 100%, even though there's no such thing. <laughs> hell of an accomplishment there is for william shatner there always is yep (laughs) well i think that's our roundup of everything for today uh we've covered all the new stuff and the old stuff we've got more strange new worlds to look forward to lower decks is happening sometime soon now that we're well and truly into summer because in america anyway it's after memorial day which is coming up in a few days so it's summer yeah man i cannot believe how much airfare is going up every single day Mm -hmm. it's like i cannot get to either one of the two places i want (laughs) to go visit at some point unless i'm willing to spend a thousand dollars for a round trip ticket in a cramped seat that sounds awful um i have been seeing anecdotally that even when you pay a lot of money air traffic air travel is horrible like Mm -hmm. they're just They've, they've lost the thread, and people are getting booted off of flights. They don't have the right seats. Um, I saw this one woman saying, you know, she'd booked seats because she's immunocompromised. She had booked seats in the front so they wouldn't be around other people mm-hmm. with her and her husband. And they moved him, so now she's sitting next to some fucking unmasked person on a flight, oh, you know, against her will. And they can't do anything about it. They won't do anything about it. So it just sounds like a nightmare to travel via air anywhere. And, you know, they have to cancel so many flights because when the pandemic first started, they were one of the first industries to go, we're laying off everybody. And those people are not coming back. Exactly. So they don't they don't have the people to do it. It's just a big mess. Okay, I don't want to think about that. I want to think about Star Trek where things are good and things things are happy. And Anson Mount is our our captain right now. I will follow him anywhere. He's a good guy. I will go help him power wash his driveway. (laughs) He would be so happy if you helped him. He would. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening for 300 goddamn episodes. It's kind of amazing. Um, (laughs) Because we're the goddamn butt girls. (laughs) We are, and we'll probably be here for at least another 100. Who knows after that, but... We're going yeah, to soldier we'll be on. in the home and, you know, they'll just put little tiny microphones in front of us. We won't know if they're running or not. And they'll just babble. Uh, it's true. <laughs> so uh, tell us how you're liking Strange New Worlds and any other fun Trek stuff that comes up. Please hop over to the Facebook page. There seems to be, that's where stuff is happening most of the time. But, you know, mm-hmm. drop us an email or, or uh, leave us a comment on the blog as well. And we will be back in some weeks with yet more Star Trek to talk about. Okay. So until the next time, everybody, live long and potluck. Potluck, potluck, potluck. Potluck. I wonder if uh, Captain Pike ever makes potluck <gasps> at his big family reunion dinners. <laughs> I would love to know that. We should ask him. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.